My guest today isn't only a writer of over 15 television series, a showrunner of Happy Days, one of the most popular shows of all time, a creator of seven series, including the only one to premiere at number one, Laverne and Shirley, a director, an author, and a theme song writer, but also a family friend. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest, Mark Rothman. Hello. Hello. All right. So first I start with um, where and when were you born? Uh, I was born in the Bronx, New York, uh, November 1st, 1947. Okay. Um, do you remember your early television influences? Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, this weekend, Decades ran a marathon of Sergeant Bilko, which was my favorite show of all time. Okay. And as a clue to the screen. And what's your favorite episode of uh, Sergeant Bilko? Well, um, how familiar are you with the series? Um, pretty familiar. Well, there was an episode where uh, um, Fred Queen was a guest star. The Eater. And uh, what's that? He was the Eater. Okay. And and we were stuck. We were trying to. We were working on the Odd Couple at the time, and uh, we were trying to beat uh, a story. And we had the first act for sitting over here. We couldn't figure out what to do with it. And uh, uh, the idea was uh, Jack had to be the theater critic on the paper. And uh, he thought he was in over his head, so he got uh, Felix to go to the theater for him and pick his head when he came home and then write whatever Felix said about the show. Okay. So that went on for a few weeks, and that got us to the act break. And we didn't know where to take it. So we were trying to, you know, figure out what, what, what in our history could we draw. And I was thinking about that episode where... Uh, um, Frank Wynn was on the $64,000 question and he got up to where he won 32000 and he was able to bring a guest expert in the booth with him. So, uh, and uh, the premise was he knew everything up there was to know about birds, but until the last question, the books fell out of his head. He got amnesia. Mm-hmm. So he got uh, Bilko to go into the booth with him and Bilko's idea was to uh, uh, bandage his face up and have the, the guys at the hotel feed him all the answers about birds. So they were doing that, and in the, in the middle, his memory came back, and he was able to answer it himself. And um, I, uh, here's the weird thing about this. I was in New York in the early 80s, and I had a pilot meeting with Alan King, who had a production company. And uh, so I was going back, uh, I was living in Ohio at the time, so I came back to the uh, Newark airport, and there was a thun- huge thunderstorm, it was like the middle of August, and they, uh, and they said, anyone who you know wants to give up a seat, can I can t- put you on in the morning, and we'll put you up in a hotel. So my hand shot up, because I don't like to fly to begin with. Mm. And uh, they took my 
back to the hotel, and at the time, at 11 o'clock at night, on Channel 11, they had Odd Couple reruns, and on uh, Channel 9, they had Bilko reruns. And if you, as it happens, the same episodes were on at the same time. If, if you uh, watched Channel 11, you saw Jack as the theater critic, and if you went to... Uh, uh, Channel 9, you saw uh, Fred Franklin as the uh, contestant. I mean, what are the odds? There were like hundreds of episodes right. of each show, and uh, and I think I was the only one in the city who knew what was going on. And uh, so in the art couple, they, we wrapped up Jack in the bandages, and the idea was Felix went on as his dentist, and he just, you know, he had to have his wisdom teeth pulled. So, um, Felix, uh, had to, you know, got all of Jack's answers to, by having Jack whisper it to him. And Felix managed to offend every, there was a panel with other theater critics and Jack managed to offend every one of them by having Felix talk for him. Right. And I just saw that episode on Sunday. Oh, Again. that's good. It's nice. Um, so you went to high school, Martin Van Buren. Right. And when did you remember when you met my uncle? Oh, I've known him since uh, like sixth, sixth grade. Oh, okay. All right, and then you, then he went. He got drafted, and he went to Germany. But then you both wound up at the same college at the same time. Yeah, and that's where your writing career began. Yeah, basically. Um, there was a college show called oh, The Follies. Yeah. Right. And so, how did you? How did that lead from that? to being on the odd couple? Well, um, my father had a limousine company in New York, in New York. and he managed to get uh, the account for every uh, talk show that was going on there, and there were a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my father got chummy with a lot of celebrities taking a limousine to these shows. shows. And uh, so we, and he would let us, he would let me and my partner know ahead of time who's going to be in the car, and he'd say, "Hey, write for him, and I'll hand him the material." So we knew ahead of time that uh, both Tony Randall and Jack Klugman were going to be in the car. So we went, we, we wrote up an episode of Odd Couple, and within a week they read it and hired us. Do you remember about how long? Simple. Do you remember how long it was it took you to write it? Uh, less than a week. Okay. And when you got there, uh, what they gave you an episode to write, or what they do? Well, they put us on on staff as writers. Okay. In fact, they didn't buy the episode that we wrote, but uh, um, they just had to fix other people's scripts. Okay. And then you got let go. Yeah, for a few weeks. But you. And then they realized that we were the best thing they had, so they brought us back. 
Right. And the first episode that you guys are credited with, I'm sure you, by production order, was the Ides of April, the IRS episode. That's right. Yes. Right. And that was that the first one you wrote when you came back? Uh, yes. Okay. You also, in the that season, the first season, you wrote The Hustler and an episode about scalping tickets. Where they're scalping, yeah, yeah. yeah, opera tickets. Okay, and then after the in the fourth season, the Odd Couple, you you uh, you wrote six episodes. Uh, do you have a favorite episode that you worked on that you wrote? The Odd Couple. Yes. Uh, I like them just all about the same, except one that I hated. And which was that? Uh, was uh, Tony got an idea that uh, we should do a show about how uh, you can make a glue out of barnacles. Okay. And uh, I really hated the idea, but we we humored Tony. We did it. And what were they like to work with? Silly. <laughs> what were they like to work with, Tony Randall and Jack Logan? Well, I thought Tony was a genius. And I thought Jack was real good, but uh, I didn't think it was a genius. Okay. And Al Molinero, would you put him in your, your scripts? Because when it when it was good for the script, or did you just like having him around? Well, he was you know he was one of those people who was signed as a regular, so he had to service. Okay. But it was very funny, you know. Right, he's very funny. I want to write for him. Right. And then in the fifth season of The Odd Couple, you start work at Happy Days. Although you did do one episode, a Drag Race episode in the first season. Yeah. You all... an overlap. Yeah. Right. You did an episode, do you remember, of Paul Sand in Friends and Lovers? Yes, I do. Okay, and what was that episode about? Uh, it was almost completely rewritten by their staff because I got uh, cold feet. It was, it was about um, the character that Paul Sand played going through a cold streak with the women. Okay. And they decided after we wrote it that they didn't want to have him portray somebody that early in the series who had that problem. Right. So it turned out to be a show about him having to choose between, between two different women. They really got cold feet about it. So there's only like half a scene that existed. Mm. But the scene that survived, Gary Marshall read it and said, you know, why don't we do this scene on happy days? Mm. And we turned it into the, the show where uh, Laverne and Shirley are introduced on, uh, on happy days. Was it the supermarket scene? Yes. That's a very famous scene. Right, and when when you started, when you went to work on Happy Days, you wrote the first episode of the season, Fonzie Moves In, which was very important because you, then you had the character living with the Cunninghams. It was also important because uh, it was the first 
live organ show they did. Right, it was the yes, first one that was filmed in front of a studio. Uh, right, and it stayed uh, the studio studio organ show ever since. You know, since then. How many lines do you think that? I mean, not exact number, but a lot of lines because the audience applauding whenever a character came in the room. Yeah, they had to cut lines a lot, right? What's the question? Oh, do you think they had to cut a lot of lines? Because of that, I don't know if they had to cut a lot of lines, but uh, you know, you had to give Henry his room with that. You know, that's what the audience was there to see. Mm. So you just waited. And did you play on the famous softball team? No. Okay. Uh, what was Henry Winkle like? He's like the nicest guy you ever met. Everybody says that. Why should, why should I disagree, you know? No, I know. I, I, like, to, I like to hear that because I'm a big fan. And Ron Howard was also very nice, I'm guessing. Very what? Ron Howard was also very nice, I'm guessing. Yeah. You hear that too. Uh, one of my favorite episodes, I had uh, Steve Zacharias on. We talked about they shoot Fonzies, don't they? That was the episode with the dance contest. You know, I may not have been around for that one. Okay. Um, yeah, so you wrote the episode A Date with Fonzie, and that was the episode that introduced Laverne Shirley. Right. And how soon after that did they call call you and want to spin them off? Uh, it was almost simultaneous. Okay. Gary smelled the series early on and he got Fred, Fred Silverman on the phone and got him to look at the episode. And, you know, Silverman saw the same thing. So uh, it wasn't long after that they pushed the trigger on it. Okay. And you were creator and you wrote episodes and you were executive story editor for that series. And what? Well, I wasn't a creator on Happy Days, but. No, no, Laverne Shirley. Yeah. And that was the first show to premiere at number one. For me, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, the uh, famous story of Lenny and Squiggy um, being pitched to you at a party. Can you just go into that for a little bit? Well, uh, it was at uh, Penny's house, which eventually became my house. I bought it from her. And uh, she was friends with uh, David and Michael. And the whole idea was to get them to get up and do their act. And their act consisted of uh, characters who were known as Lenny and Anthony. So they got up and did about 10 minutes of Lenny and Anthony. And the difference between that and what you saw on, on the show was Lenny and Anthony were completely dirty. Right. Um, the filthiest thing you ever saw. And, you know, Lola and I looked at each other and we said, uh, you know, this is hilarious, but uh, it will work if it's clean. Right. And uh, I think I said, you know, if it's one-fifth as clean as it is, uh, one-fifth as it is clean as it is dirty, it's still the funniest thing on television. And it was... 
Do you remember who came up? Do you remember who came up with the hello whenever they entered? I think David David did. Okay. You did a uh, a pilot, I guess, called Walking Walter. Yeah. What was that about? It's been a little forgotten. Okay. You did a show called Busting Loose, which was loosely ba- loosely based on your life. Well, it was kind of based on the movie, uh, uh, what was that called? Um, God, I can't remember. Oh, uh, something Greenwich Village. Uh, Next Stop Greenwich Village? Yes. Okay. It was based on that. Because CBS suddenly got a soft soft spot for... uh, putting Jews on television. Right. Which didn't happen often. And as it went on, they were trying to lose the uh, Jewish element as fast as possible. Okay. Um, the psychic characters, they were all people you knew? Which series are you talking about? Uh, uh, Bust and Loose. Well, some of them, yeah. The married guy, you know, the, the player, the nerd? Uh, yeah, he was like, we have a friend named George Shulman, who you may know. Uh, yeah. And uh, and he was based directly on, on him. Okay. Okay, and um, I've seen the episodes of Busting Loose that were put on the internet by uh, Stu, Stu uh, Sushak. So you wrote the pilot, and also, I think one of the funniest episodes, the one when Alan Arkin comes on as his grandfather. Alan Arkin, yeah, right, right. So that must have been fun to see the to see them work together. Yes, it was. Okay. And you did an episode, the third episode you wrote was basically Mr. Dennis's Night Out, and that was the... Spin off Ted Knight Show pilot. That's right. Okay. And done your homework here, yeah. Yeah. What was it like working with Ted Knight? He was okay. Uh, he had a manager that we had to speak through to get to Ted, and it was kind of annoying. Right. And the show didn't, didn't do it. It was only six episodes. Right. But... I've heard you say it's very funny. Oh, it is. Um, I think they, it was a commitment that they had with Ted that they were just looking to write off. And the episodes are... More than six because uh, they didn't have to. Right. And the episode of Busting Loose, I saw, all of them, they were they were funny. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed of anything I've ever uh, filmed or written. Right. And uh, there's no reason a flop can't be as good as a hit. And I thought that show was as good as anything that I've ever seen. Right. What I did was I looked at some of the pilots that you wrote because of um, the, when you were on Stu's show, and I looked to see what shows they put on that your show was better than, that you should have had the spot. Now, 
I know that there's politics, and that's why a lot of shows get picked up. But the Rita Moreno show was very good. Very good pilot. Yeah, I thought so. And that year, uh, the three sitcoms that ABC put on the air was for ABC, right? No, that was CBS. Oh, CBS. Okay, then doesn't matter. Because I had Mork and Mindy, Taxi, and Apple Pie with Rue McClanahan, which was really bad. But it's a different network, so it doesn't matter. No. All right. Making it. Um, I've seen episodes of that show. That show gets around in trading circles. It's a good show. I like that. I saw a few not too long ago. I thought it held up well. Yeah, and it's got a nice family dynamic. Yeah. David Norton is a very good screen presence. And uh, Denise Miller is a good actress. Um, when she was that on that, she was on Fish and Archie Bunker's Place. That's right. And uh, do you have any... And you directed an episode, am I right? That's right. What was that like getting behind the camera? Well, I always enjoyed it, enjoyed it but uh, I tend to not be the most diplomatic person in the world. It's not a job I'm necessarily well, well suited for. So I basically said whatever I thought, and that could get you into trouble, and sometimes it got me into trouble. Okay. Now, you did a show called Lovebirds, a pilot. Yes. With Ellen Regan and Eugene Levy. And when I saw it, I because I've heard that you use my last name in a in a pilot, and I finally saw it in that dep- in that show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Where when he goes, her your your maiden name was from English. That's correct. Yeah. And was that made for CBS also? What's that? Was that show made for CBS? Yes. I thought that was pre- I thought that was funny. I love that pilot, yeah. Um, another show you did was America 2100. Yep. Now, that's very popular on YouTube. Is it? Yeah, some, they had a, um, somebody taped it in Chicago, and there's this website called Classic Television Chicago, Fuzzy Memories, and it was on there. And it was people like, I've been looking for the show for 40 years. I watched it that one time. Because they put it on in between Happy Days and Mork and Mindy. The one time they aired it, the pilot. So it did well. And people remember it and they're like, this was just, this is like a f- before, ahead of its time, Futurama. Well, all we did on that was write it. We, didn't, we weren't involved with the production of it. Oh, so you didn't get to meet Sid Caesar? Uh, well, not that time, no. Okay. And then you, during that season, you came back and you wrote an episode of Happy Days called The Hucksters. Well, I wrote a lot of episodes of Happy Days uh, at, at, at that same year. Or like about seven or eight. Okay, I have them in different... Uh, in di- like, like one... Uh, in one season, and like three in another, and then three in another. Okay. You did a pilot that I, this one I haven't seen. The Further Adventures of Wally Brown. Oh, 
Yeah, that was for NBC. Um, what was that about? That was terrible. I mean, essentially, the guy at NBC was trying to rip off uh, the song uh, Charlie Brown. Okay. So, so they got this young black kid, and they called him Wally Brown, and he was about this kid in high school who was uh, a cut-up, you know? And it was really dumb. But, so, but we didn't have a relationship at NBC when we wanted one, so we indulged them. Right. But sometimes things are just not well thought out. And that was Silverman. Uh, it was 80, so... Well, we didn't deal with, with Silverman. We dealt with one of the uh, people who worked for him. Okay. But Peter Scolari was in it, so... I think that was the first time he uh, he did anything. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I noticed. I was just, uh, I don't know if they aired it, but if but if that would be his first time on TV because it was the yeah, I think it aired. okay. Then if they aired it, it was right before Bosom Buddies, a couple of months before. Okay, you did a living. You did an episode of It's a Living. Yeah, I wrote an episode of It's a Living, and also an episode of The Jeffersons. So I mean, those The Jeffersons was an established show, but when you get a when you do a show that when you're writing it, the show hasn't gone on yet. How do you know what the characters are like, what the characters say? Do they... Well, I saw the pilot before okay. I wrote it, so it gave me enough to go on. Okay. And then you went back to Happy Days as an executive story editor, and yeah, it was kind of a consultant. And uh, yes, also a yeah, creative consultant. And you wrote an episode just a piccolo. Yes. And you got to meet Sergeant Bilko himself. Uh, yes, it was a thrill, and he was terrific in it. And you, I read that you said they cut a lot of stuff out that was that was really good. No, I don't think so. Uh... The only problem was uh, Phil's timing was a little shot by the time we did it. And there should have been more uh, judicious editing to cut out the pauses. And it would have been easy to do, but nobody thought to do it. Right. And his daughter was a regular at that time. That's right. And they asked you to come back and work, do the new odd couple. And what were um what were the experiences on that set? Well, um, I like Ron um, Demond Wilson, but uh, uh, Ron Glass was a major pain in the ass. Hmm. And uh, his attitude was uh, he he didn't want Felix to look foolish. Now we're talking about the Odd Couple, right? I mean that's what it's about. Felix looking foolish. And he just didn't want any part of that. So, again, I mean, it was a constant argument. And a lot of times I didn't win. Was he upset because the character of Felix is kind of very similar to his character on Barney Miller? I think that's what he wanted it to be. But, uh, oh, they were both. I don't know, they were both fussy, and they both ended up not getting what they wanted, so, I don't know. And then, he did a show called uh, She's the Sheriff. Yes. 
And how did you get involved in that project? Um, well, uh, see, I, I quit on the new art couple after eight episodes. Yeah. And the agency liaison for that, remember what I see, that was a show that they almost pulled the plug on before it aired. And they brought me in to fix it. And that girl from ABC loved what I did with it. And they were putting together this uh, show. She's she's the sheriff. And uh, they had a pilot that had been sitting around for five years. Uh, And they they sent it to me and it said, what do you think needs to happen with this? So it was a show that had problems. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you remember it at all, but... Uh, oh, that was the only thing that aired when I was alive that I saw, you know, when it was actually on. Oh, okay. Well, were you old enough to uh, to remember, remember it? Yeah, I remember, yes. Yeah, well, I thought the pivotal character on that show was uh, uh, her mother. Okay. I thought, you can't do a show about... Uh, a grown-up with little kids who didn't need the money to go and play sheriff. Right. You know, you need a strong uh, person at home to take care of the kids. So I brought in Pat Carroll, and she was terrific. Mm. And uh, in, in the pilot, they had, they, had, they had an older daughter who was like 15 to take care of the kids. And uh, I said, well, that's no good. Right. So I made both kids younger and uh, brought in uh, Pat Carroll to, to watch them. But was uh, Suzanne Summers on the original pilot you saw? No, it wasn't her. It was an actress named uh, Carolyn McWilliams. Oh, okay. I know her from Soap and Benson. Right, right. That was her, right. Uh, she just uh, just passed away. Yeah, she died a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah. Um, so, when was Suzanne Summers cast? Um, well, there are a lot of, you know, when they were casting it, I, I think we went through just about everyone who was on uh, his company. Right. First, it was going to be Joyce DeWitt, mm-hmm. and then uh, Priscilla Barnes. Mm-hmm. And then they, and there was a period when they were trying to get Suzanne Summers, but it was pilot season. Okay. And she was holding out for a network pilot, and this was a syndication. So she waited until pilot season was over, and she didn't get one. So she was willing to sign up for syndication. So that's how we got her. And that certainly sold a lot more network, you know, TV stations. So it was a good idea to get her, and I thought she was very funny. Was this the year that uh, I think it was NBC tried to do prime time starts at seven thirty? Yeah, that's what it was about. Who we going to be part of that? Right. And yeah, so they brought, so they took, we got it made and brought it back, and then they had a show I think called Marblehead Manor. Yes. With Michael Richards. Right. Now on She's a Sheriff, you also directed an episode. And you also acted on an episode. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, I think I did. Yeah, it was called Dinsmore's Wedding, and you played a character named Mickey Dinsmore. Yeah, I played, uh, well, yeah, Mickey Dinsmore was played by Ernie Sabella. 
Okay. Who was, who was really short. It was kind of like the casting in uh, Twins. Oh, okay. You know, you know, I'm a giant and he was a midget, and uh, I thought it'd be hilarious if we were twins. I thought so too. So we did it. Yeah, it's very funny. Had you ever acted before? Yeah. Just not on television. What's that? Just not on television. Um. Also, I have a couple of plays, and I, I appeared in those too. Yeah, I saw the one you have a giant brain head thing on. Oh, yeah, that was somebody else's show. Yeah. So I've seen in interviews you said you always were interested in in the theater. Yes. So you've been writing plays for probably when you were doing the doing the TV shows. Uh, yeah, uh, when I was writing Sheriff, I, I wrote a play, and we did it in L.A. just after uh, Sheriff ended. Okay. In fact, uh, let me mention this because it's coming up in a, in a few weeks. We were doing a Zoom reading of that play, um, and we've got you know Richard Kind. Oh yeah, I know he is. Yeah, he's doing a male lead in it. Oh, that's good. And George Went is in it too. Oh. And uh, we're, we're corralling a bunch of uh, big names for it. So uh, if you want, I'll let you know. I'm going to be posting details on the on my Facebook page. Okay. It comes up. All right, and, and you have to, you, is it is it free for the public, or is it, you have to pay, or? People can watch it eventually when it gets posted. No, oh, okay, That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. It will be, you like, you like this a lot. Okay, I saw the uh, the Vernon Shirley thing you posted on YouTube. Oh, yeah, what do you think? I thought it was good. Yeah, me too. And uh, in 2003, you were, was that 2003 you uh, were signed to write that? Yeah. But that's not um, going to happen? Well, it was designed to get Penny to direct it. Right. Well, that's not happening. That's no longer an issue, you know. Right. I'd love to see somebody jump at it. I think it's still a good idea. Yeah, it was funny. That's all it was designed to be, you know. Right. And do you like, obviously you like doing it, but what made you start the blog? I thought I had a lot of stories to tell. Yeah, you do. And I didn't think I, I, I could keep it in the middle of it. Don't any figures on it. Well, in the top left corner, it tells you, and I went on yesterday to do some research, and you just made it over a million. That's pretty good. That's really good, yeah. Yeah. And you turned your blog into two books as of now. Right. Showrunner and Showrunner 2, and then didn't you have one of, of people who who had just died? Your obituaries for people? I didn't turn that into a book. Oh, you didn't turn it into a book. Okay, I'm sorry. And you wrote a novel. Right. It's and, called I'm Not Garbo. And what was that about? It was about an 
actress who uh, it, it takes place in the 19, starts in the 1930s. It's about an actress who, uh, whenever uh, they try to get Greta Garbo to do a movie and she doesn't want to do it, they give the, they give the part to her. Okay. And uh, it's very funny. And uh, it's, it's a great story. And if anyone wants to read it, I'm gonna, they can uh, give the people my email address and I could, I could have it sent to them. Okay, I'll put that in the links. Yeah. All right. I charge 20 bucks for the book, and I think it's a great book. Sounds so, like it's fine, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you for joining me, and um, good, good luck in everything you do.